Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk. Thank you for joining us for this half hour. Now, let's talk. Welcome to the program, listeners. Tyler Friel with you on WISR, 680 AM, 107.5 FM. This is Let's Talk, our half hour where we sit down and chat with various businesses, organizations, nonprofits, and more in the area about the latest happenings they have going on. Today is our monthly conversation with Family Pathways, and our guest inside the studio is Carol Troxel. Carol, good morning. Great to have you here. Nice to see you. Good morning. Thank you. It's good to be here. So we've got a lot lined up in our conversation today about Family Pathways. But first, before we get to that, we always like to remind our listeners how they can listen to the Let's Talk program. You can go, of course, on air at 680 AM and 107.5 FM. We're also online at WISR680.com. And if you can't stick around for the full half hour of the program, don't worry. We have you covered. You can go also to WISR680.com. Look under the programs page, find Let's Talk, and you'll be able to find today's conversation with Family Pathways. And we've entered the digital age. We're also on Spotify as well. You can just search for Let's Talk and WISR if you have access to the streaming service, and you can find today's show there as well. So Carol Troxel, again, she's the coordinator of the PATH program with Family Pathways. So we're going to learn a little bit about that uh, and, and just a lot more about what they have to offer, especially from a mobility side of things. But Carol, is first, I always like to have folks from Family Pathways just kind of let our listeners know, in case they're not too familiar with Family Pathways, what exactly the organization is all about. Okay, we're a, a nonprofit mental health agency located here in Butler, 100 Brew Avenue. Um, we provide a variety of services, which include outpatient mental health therapy, adoption services, foster care services, legacy, which is an in-home parenting support to parents and their children. And then we also have OCMI, which is the Older Child Matching Initiative, which um, assists and coordinates uh, adoptions for the older children that oh, are in okay. care. And then we also have two resiliency groups, which it's a child group, uh, two groups focusing on learning coping skills and socialization skills. And then we also have a um, parent group, too, as well, support group. Well, you passed the trivia test there. I think you checked all the boxes. Okay. <laughs> Could have so, got a few, but... <laughs> but obviously, it shows that Family Pathways is involved in a lot of different aspects of family services and things like that. And uh, again, our conversation today is about the PATH program. Uh, what does that exactly stand for? PATH stands for the Professional Assessment and Treatment of the Homebound Adult. Okay. It's a program that we started... Um, we actually started laying the groundwork prior to COVID mm. and then COVID hit and it kind of was put at a standstill. Uh, but I'm proud to say we're actually up and running and going pretty strong. So it's a relatively new program then? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, what was, you know, the, the conversations that led to, to start a program like this? What need did you guys find out there? Um, I believe the county reached out to our director, Dr. Ellen Welter-Lewis, and we found a need that actually when we were doing the research there was probably 15,000 adults in Butler County um, that you know were in need of a mental health services that can meet their needs in the home. That's a very high number. Mm -hmm. I mean relatively speaking. Yeah. Uh, and as you mentioned you know the homebound entity. So 
explaining this program in terms of meeting people where they are obviously inside the home how does that whole process start does the county get in touch with you and then you guys begin that process um no we actually get referrals from a variety of resources pcps okay. self-referrals as they hear about the program um hospitals so the whole again variety of services yeah. that reach out mm -hmm. um so when you're talking about this program in the mobile mental health services that family pathways offers uh how does you know obviously with that referral things begin there but then what does that process begin to look like okay well after the initial assessment is completed and they're approved approved by the insurance company uh then they're assigned to a therapist who meets with them in their home or designated area where there's confidentiality. So it could be in a nursing home, different community settings. Um, and then they work with the therapist who works with them to overcome their emotional needs. And it's usually once a week that their therapists are going and meeting with their clients. In terms of the mental health needs that are out there, obviously I'm assuming this runs the whole gamut uh, of situations. Is there uh, a kind of a typical list or is there a large variety? Well, you're exactly right. It does run the gamut, but uh, prim primarily what we see are depression and anxiety, um, schizophrenia is another one, agoraphobia. And what is that? Agoraphobia is when uh, someone has like the fear of coming out into society and mm. kind of just stay in the home. Yeah, so obviously, I mean, it seems like that need then for family pathways to meet these people where they are is huge because in a situation like that, how else are you going to be able to contact and reach out to somebody like that? Right. Yeah. So whenever, um, you know, these um, visits with therapists begin, uh, is there a time on that process or does it just depend on the individual? Well, the insurance company usually approves for one year, um, but it really depends on the individual. You know, if they uh, are meeting with their therapist and they make progress and they're ready for discharge early, um, you know, it's a voluntary program. So they're free to, you know, discharge when they feel they're ready. Mm, so no requirement it's just more of an opportunity to again meet people where they are and evaluate the the certain individual correct so again we're here with carol troxel she's the coordinator of the path program whenever you can see somebody you know inside that homebound setting uh, what advantages are there for a therapist that they're able to go into somebody's home um, well, there's a lot of advantages to going into the home because then you can, um, with the aging population, something that I do when I initially go in, I kind of look for any hazards that, that could be, you know, like mm. throw rugs, you know, could be a tripping hazard. And it's really just getting to know them in their own environment and where they're comfortable. Mm. And whenever you're talking, uh, you mentioned there, generally elderly or does this uh, for you know a variety of ages it's actually from 21 the whole up. way yeah yeah so in our program we've had ages 37 to 91 wow yeah and again running the whole gamut of certain mental health services when you talk about flexible treatment options what does that mean um well it depends on you know their need it could be um like cognitive behavioral therapy dialectical behavior therapy. And what I find is with the aging population, 
I like to do a life review therapy, and that way it kind of gives them the chance to celebrate, process challenges that they've had throughout their life and have kept tucked away. Mm. So when you meant so life reviews celebration is what you call life it? review therapy. Life review therapy, yeah. yeah. So you know what are you looking for in that situation? Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of asking them a lot of questions like. Uh, you know, beginning from their childhood. What was their childhood like? Uh, looking for any patterns that could have kept them stuck in the mental, with their mental health. Mm. Is, you know, a situation like that, it's just getting to know the individual? Is, is that kind of what you're targeting there and just to learn a little bit more about them? Yeah, yeah. And process any past trauma that they've had. Um, you know, like, you know, some people are depressed because you know as you get up in life you the natural process people start dying so they've lost their loved ones that they've been with for 40 50 years yeah and obviously that would be very traumatic i'm sure for mm -hmm. a lot of folks whenever you're talking about you know in that case something like depression but when you're trying to make sure somebody can function in their home I mean, when you're talking to some of these uh residents are they struggling to operate inside their home? Uh, are, are there different types of challenges that they find inside their home? Um, I actually have had clients that have been bedfast in their home. Really? Yeah. And no, I mean, obviously there's a reason behind it, but doesn't seem like there's one type um, of trigger issue. Different medical mm. issues um, can cause them to be bed bound. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when you're trying to work with an individual in that situation, what do you, what, what's the goal uh, whenever you go in there? The goal is to improve their mental health. Mm. And yeah. as, you have, as you have mentioned, uh, you know, it seems to be like you guys try to take a, a wide variety approach whenever it comes to this. Right. What, what have we learned about trying to help treat folks in situations um, like this? I find it very rewarding and humbling to me to be able to work with clients that are you know getting up there in years and i'm actually probably not going to be far along and i may <laughs> need the service too um but really helping them to come to terms with um the aging process mm. along with their physical health is a primary goal that i like to focus on and when i say goal we leave the goal setting up to the client so we don't go in and say, well, you're depressed, so you need to work on blah, blah, blah. We give them the option to say what they want to work on. How do you find, whenever you're working with patients like this, the right tone, the right attitude to take? I mean, I would assume training helps, but you know, how do you try to find when working with an individual what works for them? Well, I think that can vary too, vary too but I think most important is just being a having empathy and having that compassion and that listening ear is beneficial. Mm. Do you find that a lot of these folks um, have had that lack of a listening ear, that, that they have had a lack of somebody that they can lean on and talk to to help sort out with different issues? Uh, more often, that's the case, yeah. Mm -hmm. And for them, you know, whenever they get an opportunity to talk to somebody like you, does it take a while to, to break through to them or...? Well, that varies too. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of variety today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that varies too. Depends on the client. Um, but typically, um, 
they actually open up pretty quick. Mm. When you're talking about, and again, we're here with Carol Troxel. She's the coordinator of the PATH program with Family Pathways. You, you mentioned, and I you know, like to kind of get this out there too, you mentioned that this is a referral program, self-referral. If people are interested, they're listening to the program, they know of somebody, how does the self-referral process work? Um, they can call 724-284-9440. That's Family Pathways. Ask for Carol Troxel, and I will walk them through that process. So pretty simple that they can just pick up the phone and call. When you're talking with these folks and you're trying to strengthen life management skills, how do you, uh, again, try to get to that point when you're working with an individual? Um, well, one lady that I have that comes to mind, that was actually one of her goals because she didn't have a doctor she didn't have a dentist so trying to get them hooked up with the resources that they need to live a full life and that can be a challenge for folks mm -hmm. who don't even know where to begin that right. situation how beneficial can that be for our life i mean again you think about going to the dentist you think about going to your pcp may not seem like groundbreaking territory what type of impact can that have on an individual actually it can have a tremendous impact uh, because they feel more empowered once they're connected with resources um, so and you know i don't want to be biased but to me this is a wonderful program i wish other areas uh, my parents live in illinois they would benefit from this mm -hmm. so i wish it was offered across everywhere because knowing how to get in touch with those resources, I would imagine, is also another strong barrier for a lot of these folks. Again, not knowing where to start with how to get all of these types of resources that are out there. Right. Again, we're here, Carol Troxel, coordinator of the PATH program. When you're talking about coping and stress management skills uh, and, and trying to develop these effectively for patients that you're talking with, what does that mean? How do we effectively develop stress and coping management skills? Um, well, we work with them. We practice deep breathing. Um, everybody, you know, not everybody, but many people take breathing for granted. And until you really use it as a coping skill, you don't realize the benefits of just deep breathing mm. can have. And we work with them on different coping skills, um, like visualization, um, I have a lady that tell, tell, tells me that visualization is her go-to, and she imagines a time in her life where she was happy, and they use all their senses to walk through that visualization. How, how long have you been involved in this type of industry? Uh, I've been with Family Pathways since 2001. What have you seen, because I, I hear you know, and one thing and I found in conversations with Family Pathways and mental health services overall is it felt like, one, we're more open in talking about it, that it's not stigma uh, as much as it was in the past. What have you seen over the last 20 years when it comes to how we treat mental health issues? Um, well, I'm really pleased to say that we've switched from what's your problem to, to saying, you know, tell me your story. Mm. So I've seen a big shift to the trauma-informed approach. And for you, if you are evaluating both, you know, how would you say this style and how we attack issues like this now, how has that 
benefiting the patients? Well, it's a more of a strength-based approach instead of looking at them and saying, well, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. It's more of a strength-based approach. And then whenever you started, and you know, we know how Family Pathways has grown and has been a reliable community asset, but to have an option like this, where you can go and meet the people where they are, as opposed to them trying to seek you and find you out, how big of a change could this potentially make in how we treat mental health issues? Um, I think it can be a big change because as we continue to grow, what I'm finding are there are a lot of people in their homes that have limited family support. Um, and they're grateful for the opportunity. I hear every day, usually I get some kind of comment from a client. Uh, one lady said, well, if it wasn't for therapy, I'd st- still be down here. And, you know, she had her hand down yeah. low. And she said, therapy has taken her way up. And she showed me in her hand. So sometimes they don't always use the words, but they demonstrate their appreciation and their improved mental health. What's it like for you as somebody that goes in and talks to these patients to start to see the tides change for them where they are turning the corner uh, and seem generally happier or whatever it may be, healthier, I suppose, than than what they were when this process started? Um, It is very rewarding as a therapist anytime, whether it's the homebound or you know, outpatient too, when you can see that your client is making growth, progress. What led you to get into this line of work? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're taking me back a long time. I, uh, you know, I've seen the struggles that I went through as a teenager, mm. as well as, you know, my family, you know, had different challenges. But back then there wasn't you know, services provided. And I actually started out uh, wanting to be a special education teacher. Mm. And then midstream, I changed courses. I knew I wanted to be in the helping field, but I wasn't sure what. When you work with others at Family Pathways, and this is something too I always ask whenever we have you guys on the program, is, you know, what is the the team that surrounds you what would you say about the team that helps you at family pathways oh we have a wonderful team everybody brings strengths to the table um we're there for each other we're almost like a family Mm. you could say which is nice family pathways is like a family yeah Yeah. (laughs) very supportive environment to work in and again we're here with carol troxel coordinator of the path program when you're working with residents uh and you go to visit them are there often times where the patient may not quite understand the diagnosis they've had or if there's a question as to what the diagnosis is? Yes, we do run into that and we provide psychoeducation and just explain to them what the diagnosis is. Um, we do different assessments, use different scales too. How like, important is it for people to know their diagnosis? Um, I believe it's very important because once they begin to understand their diagnosis, you can begin to see them make a shift. Okay. And what do you mean by that? Well, uh, uh, I'll just use an example of yesterday working with a woman. um, Her depression improved and then she kind of regressed a little bit. And when I talked to her, her response was, the depression is caused by she having too many iron fire, is what she said. Mm. And I said, okay, we're gonna break this up. 
and I drew like a CBT triangle. And I said, just that statement alone gives me anxiety. Yeah. (laughs) And I explained it to her, and I showed her on paper, and I said, if you can just break it down. And she was able to come up with changing that to, okay, instead of, I have too many irons in the fire, let me focus on one thing that I can manage today. And that kind of gets back to the life management Mm -hmm. skill where, okay, how can I effectively, because you can't eliminate stress, obviously, as much as we would like to. uh, There are certain ways of, like you said, for folks who may be going through situations like that where they can work and help fragment things into different pieces, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Just fascinating to me. Yeah, it's a fascinating job. I would imagine. (laughs) (laughs) One of the areas, too, uh, when you're talking about meeting people inside the homes, uh, how important is it uh, to prevent maybe hospitalization? How important is it for, I guess, maybe preventive care uh, to step in for you guys? Right. Right. It's important. Um, You know, our goal is to prevent like a psychiatric hospitalization. Mm -hmm. That's why we go in and treat the mental health in the home. And actually... I can't, I can't think of any clients that I've had that have had to go to the hospital for psychiatric. Really? Yeah. And would you give that um, as a credit to being able to step into a situation and identify it early? I believe so. And also the client's willingness to want to work and Mm. make changes. Speaking of client's willingness to work. is that something that you as a therapist, is that part of your task or is that inherent upon the individual themselves? How do you find that situation? Well, I, I don't have the power to make them be willing, mm. but usually they are willing to work. And um, it's actually, you know, as you're going through the assessment and the different evaluations, you're kind of building that relationship with that client. And that in itself can be just what they need to begin to make movement. Mm. And I, you know, again, I I think you've kind of alluded to it, obviously, uh, a number of times here, but really the idea of getting to know your clients, getting Mm. to know your patients, that seems to be one of the most important things about this entire process. I believe it is because, uh, you know, you have to have that relationship with the client. If I go in just as a therapist, you know, and um, I can't be empathetic or give her time, give him or her time to talk about whatever they're dealing with. I'm going to close them off. Mm-hmm. So the relationship that the client and the ther- and the therapist develop is very important. Again, our guest Carol Troxel, coordinator for the Path Program. Uh, some of the Path participants, uh, and you had mentioned some of the diagnosis uh, that they may have, and you alluded to things like depression and schizophrenia and things like that. Are there any other, you know, things outside of maybe a mental health diagnosis that would make somebody eligible for the Path program? Um, well, they they uh, can have homebound medical issues, like I said, you know, recovering from cancer surgery. And oftentimes, along with that, there is an underlying mental health issue, whether it's uh, the struggle to adjust to a different lifestyle because of the cancer diagnosis. Mm. So, again, for people who are interested in this, in enrolling, 
What's that phone number again, Carol? 724-284-9440. And that begins the process, and you're off and running with that. Yes. They'll, get to, they'll get to talk to you. Yes. Well, that's it. <laughs> there you go. Except next week, I'm on vacation. You're on vacation. Well, that's good. <laughs> I also want to talk about a uh, uh, the first annual honey festival that uh, you guys have coming up at Family Pathways. Oh, yeah. It's on September 30th. It's actually a... a uh, we're partnering partnering with the local beekeepers, and it's a foster care re- recruitment event. So it's going to be a fun-filled day with different activities, face painting, honey treats, uh, balloon animals, food vendors, craft vendors. Um, so you're actually going to have beekeepers there? Like actual beekeepers yeah. with honey? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how many is there. This is my first time. For a beekeeper, but we have a couple employees at our office that are beekeepers. Oh, really? Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. We actually just talked to a beekeeper not that long ago here on the radio, and oh, it was, okay. I found it fascinating. Was it Dr. Ellen Walter Lewis? No, but I, she's a beekeeper as well. <laughs> she's really? a beekeeper. Oh, yep. She can do it all. Wow. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, speaking of foster care, so, you know, you talk about an event like this. If you were a family... Uh, or, you know, individuals who are interested in learning more, this seems like a good opportunity to learn about it, right? Right. So, you know, when it comes to foster care, and I know we've been focusing a lot of our conversation on on the PATH program and mobile mental health services, but what would you say about foster care in in your time at Family Pathways that you've seen and connecting families with with individuals? Um, Well, our foster care program has grown, and the need for foster care has grown as well um, since I've started there. Um, and we're always looking for foster families. Okay. I mean, you can never have too many. Yeah. And so you have seen a need for, uh, the foster families just because of a need, you know, with, is there been a growing number of children who require foster care? Um, you know, I'm not the one to answer that okay. question, yeah. but I know <laughs> that there is a considerable amount, amount of children that are in foster care okay so again this is a br honey share your life the first annual honey festival happening at uh, the monarch place 100 brew avenue here in butler saturday september 30th from 11 to 5 uh and the facility too, family pathways and i call it the new edition i know it's been around for a while that's wonderful looking right. isn't it <laughs> yes it's beautiful so as our time is is wrapping up here with carol troxel carol what would be just your overall message about the path program why you find it to be effective and why people if they're wavering or if they know somebody should reach out to you and family pathways um well if i speak to it from the side of the caregiver it can alleviate some of the caregivers burnout Mm. so if you're caring for you know someone in your home it can kind of alleviate we're not working directly with the caregiver but if we can help that client that's in need of our service it can shift and take some of the for uh, lack of a better word, stress off the caregiver. Interesting. And I guess we never, uh, I never even thought about that as well because, you know, and I think not necessarily from the mental health side of it, but I mean, just knowing people who are taking care of their parents or taking care of a loved one who is elderly, that requires a lot of work. It's, it's very intensive. And so, uh, as you said, alleviating some of that being there, um, you know, and, and having somebody who is a professionally trained person licensed therapist to come in there and help work with a loved one uh yeah i mean boy it seems to make sense from a caregiving standpoint Mm -hmm. too can a caregiver make a referral 
uh, in a situation like this? Yes, they okay. can. And they, all they would have to do is pick up the phone and call. And then, again, you said this would just, things really start off with kind of an evaluation period from you guys, right? Right, right. And that can be done inside the home? Yes, everything's done in the home. Okay, I guess that's the whole point of the mobile mental health treatment plan, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Carol Troxel, coordinator of the PATH program with Family Pathways. Again, one more final time, Carol, what is the phone number that people should call? 724-284-9440. Carol, thanks so much for stopping by. Appreciate thanks. you making the time. If you missed any of our program, you can check it out online. WISR680.com is the place to take care of that. I'm Tyler Frill saying so long for now. The information and opinions shared on this program are solely those of our guests and do not necessarily represent those of WISR, the Butler County Radio Network, or its staff and employees.